If you're an eager jiu-jitsu student who tends to feel like you're unfocused right now, or you tend to feel like you're kind of in a training rut and you're very kind of disappointed with how your jiu-jitsu training is going right now, then taking ownership might be the right thing for you. Typically what this does is it really helps students who are feeling like they're perplexed or they're overwhelmed and they're very frustrated with kind of the rate at which they're progressing in jiu-jitsu. Often you guys lack direction. You're not really sure what you should be training or why that is. And so what we will do is we will help you guys develop some deeper level insight, more about your jiu-jitsu so that way we can start to identify what things you need to be focusing on and that way we can start to implement and have you execute some high level training strategies this will ultimately actually accelerate your jiu-jitsu faster and it really does boost your confidence and, and give you that motivation that you guys are looking for because we all know that jiu-jitsu does so much for us and we really want to stay on the mat for as long as we can so if that's something you're interested in make sure you guys please hit me up and with that we'll get on to the episode what is going on guys welcome into another episode of the jiu-jitsu secrets podcast my name is Jason hill hopefully you guys are all having a good week uh training so far also thank you guys for all your support from the last episode what was crazy was i hadn't posted a, an episode in a little bit and you guys like rockstar i had like i don't know something like two or three hundred downloads in like the first like couple of hours so i don't know if there's been like more people jumping on or something but man i i appreciate that that makes me uh, motivated to keep to keep doing this stuff so Anyway, um, in today's episode, what I want to talk about is um, an interesting phone call that I had. I did post a little bit about this on my social media channel, on Instagram and on Facebook and uh, on, a, on a YouTube thing. I had a phone call from a potential student who was wanting to get information and potentially train at the school that I train out of. And so I had shared a short little blurb of that story about some of the questions that they asked and kind of how I navigated them and, and, and then some other people make comments about like, Oh, well, I never thought about it like that. So I figured it would be, it'd be good to kind of share with you guys as a whole to pro uh, provide different perspectives, potentially maybe some ideas you guys haven't thought about before when it comes to these kinds of conversations. And by the way, you guys don't have to agree with me. I'm, I'm not the end all be all of jujitsu. You might, um, totally disagree with me, which is okay. It's okay to disagree with people, right? These are just my opinions and my thoughts and and things that I've, I've gone through in jujitsu that I think people, you know, find beneficial. Um, cause you can figure it out on your own, but you know, it just takes a lot more time to do it that way. So anyway, into the, uh, the story or the episode here is that I had a student who, or actually it wasn't a student of mine. It was just a student who called the phone at the gym that I, that I train out of. And at times I am the admin of it. So the phone rang. And so I picked up, I said, uh, my, you know, this is chase, you know, how can I help you? The, that kind of stuff. And, um, so that means if you guys figure out what gym I train out of and you call, don't, don't think that I'm just going to sit here and talk to you all day because, um, you now know about that off the podcast. FYI, I'll know anyway. So he uh, said the first question was, um, do we do no gi jujitsu? That was it. Very first question. Didn't give me any other context. And so I said, yes, we do do no gi jiu-jitsu, but we also do gi. It's kind of split. And then his next question was, well, how many days a week do you do no gi? And I said, well, we do it two days a week. So we split it half the time. And then he was like, oh, well, I'm only interested in really no gi jiu-jitsu. And so probably the younger Chase would have very much um, kind of been just like, okay, or yeah, that's cool. Whatever. Yeah, you could definitely do that. Um, I've gone through two phases of my life in the sense of this jujitsu kind of journey and, and running. Um, 
you know, I've been the crusader of jujitsu where I've thought like the way that I have learned everything is like the only way and everyone else that learns something is dumb. Right. And then I've also been in the way of like where um, I've been more on the business side where I'm just trying to like sales pitch everybody and I'm trying to be like, oh, yeah, sure. You could come in because like every dollar matters. Right. And so um, this is kind of where the middle chase has kind of grown into this idea of how to kind of help people make decisions about their jiu-jitsu journey, right? And make decisions that is best for them. And so the old chase would have been like, um, well, you need to do both, you know, and kind of cram my philosophy or cram my idea down his throat in a way that maybe he wasn't ready to receive yet. Um, I'm not saying that my philosophy was wrong. I'm just saying that like at times, if you cram things down people's throat, they may not take it in a, in a very receptive way. Right. And so I think if your goal is to spread jujitsu, you want to be able to give it to people that are receptive of it and that are open to it. You don't want to leave a negative taste in their mouth, at least in my opinion. And then the other side of chase where I would have been more sales pitchy is if he just would have said, um, you know, oh yeah, I only want to do no gi then I would have been like, oh, sure, that's fine. You know, it's still at least this many days a week and we do it during open mats. And so you don't have to do gi and kind of go down that sales pitchy road where I'm kind of not necessarily losing my values per se, but I'm, I'm more focused on kind of the dollar aspect. And I just want him to come in versus like being actual, um, you know, educational about the process and really helping the guy, like I said, make a decision. And so I did a thing where I just said, well, do you mind me asking you why you think that you only want to do nogi? And so this was this is where the kind of transformation has happened in my own kind of journey of just communicating jujitsu or teaching jujitsu or being an ambassador of jujitsu, whatever you want to call it, is kind of listening to people and hearing what they have to say, right? And so he said, "Well, you know, I think, um, you know, I think nogi. That's what I want to do." You know, I, I think that that's just the most effective thing. And he kind of went into his little thing. And so once again, this was another moment in Chase because then I could have combated him and I could have once again crammed my philosophy down. But then I asked, I said, well, do you mind me asking, like, what made you come to that decision? Have you ever done any training before? Because in my brain, I'm thinking that now maybe because this guy wants to do no gi, he sounds very passionate about it, that he's like a competitor. He has done some training before. And so he only wants to do no gi. Maybe he's looking for a different school. That's his goal. That's his mission, right? And so he goes, well, no, I've never done any training before, but everything that I've read online, you know, it says no gi is the best and it's the, the, the uh, jujitsu is moving toward that way and kind of, and kind of gave all of that. And I said, oh, okay, but you've, you've never trained before. And he goes, no. And I said, well, what are you interested in training for in jujitsu? And he goes, well, I want to know fitness and self-defense. And so I was like, okay, oh, now I see where we're coming from. Do you mind if I give you kind of a, an opinion about that and give you kind of maybe a different perspective or, or some more insight from someone who has been training for, you know, 14 years? And of course, he said yes, because I had listened to him and I had asked him a question and I tried to understand his point first. Now he is more receptive to listening to my, you know, philosophy or my uh, theory or my what, whatever you want to call it to uh, 
for for jujitsu, right? If it, if it changes his mind, great. If it doesn't change his mind, it's great, right? And I'm not saying that this is perfect. You know, people will make their own decisions by whatever. And so what I had just told him is I asked him, well, do you live here in Oklahoma or have you lived here for long? And he said, yes. And I go, okay, well, in the wintertime, do you wear jackets? He goes, yes. I go, okay, well, um, are you also just walking around in like board shorts and, and no shirt or, or like spandex and stuff? And he goes, well, no, I usually at least have pants on or, you know, a sport jacket, you know, said, said all these things. And I said, okay. I was like, well, the difference is, is that definitely doing nogi does have benefit because especially right now in the summer, you know, you want to know how to do techniques that don't rely solely on you grabbing other people. But I was like, there's a lot of benefit for self-defense perspective, especially in the wintertime, or even if you're wearing a t-shirt or a thicker pair of clothes or a, a sport jacket, some kind of thing of someone else grabbing you, not necessarily to choke you or not necessarily to um, do anything like that to you, but just to pin you down, pin you against the wall, pin you against the ground, uh, tug you around, pull you forwards and backwards and learning how to deal with someone grabbing you. I think is more realistic in a street fight than us just kind of uh, walking around in board shorts and spandex and and getting sweaty like grease monkeys and sliding off. And of course he laughed and he goes, oh, yeah, he goes, I, I, I never thought about it like that. I just assumed because, you know, we're not walking around in geese, then that wouldn't be effective to learn. And I was like, yeah, I can I can definitely hear where you're coming from and I can see that standpoint. And I was like, there are a lot of gi things that are not effective in a street fight, you know, learning things. I didn't say this to him, but just to you guys as an audience, I was saying, you know, things like potentially like uh, spider guard or lasso guard or daily Heva don't, don't really have a lot of benefit in a self-defense altercation, but learning how to break grips from standing is very valuable, right? So if someone grabs your gi and you can stay standing and you can break their grip. That's very, very valuable, especially in a self-defense altercation. Someone might pull your jacket and push and pull you around, stiff arm you and push you against the wall and tug you around. And, you know, old school hockey bully where they grab the jersey and start yanking your your clothes down and, and controlling your head posture. Like all that stuff is very, very important for self-defense. If we're talking about real fighting, that's that's very, very important. And I was like, and so I was just kind of telling him those kinds of things. And he was like, yeah, I never thought about that. And then I go, worst case scenario, you're in a t-shirt and, you know, they go to grab your shirt and it rips and you never have to worry about it. But wouldn't you rather know kind of what to do when that happens versus not what to do, like understand it and have it in your back pocket and hopefully you never have to use it versus never having it at all and needing it. And he goes, yeah. Yeah, I never thought about it like that. I just read all these articles and I just saw all these things and and I don't know exactly where he read or, or what he read. That really wasn't the point. My point was just to kind of educate him from a different perspective and then let him make a decision, right? And so he goes, oh yeah, okay, cool. Well then, yeah, I think I, think I would like to come in because then I asked him, I said, okay, well, do you want to come in and try out a class because we offered 10 days to come check it out? And he was like, yeah, sure. I was like, okay, so then we scheduled a time and so he's going to come in this week. So maybe I'll give you guys an update on his journey whenever whenever he comes in. But that is just kind of a interesting um, thought process there. There are there are two parts to this kind of story that I want to highlight for you guys. And and one is the idea about if you're like a jujitsu crusader or you're very passionate about jujitsu and the way that you 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 train right now, right? We all like to think that the way that we're training right now is like the best way or the only way or whatever. Like I said earlier, that was my position. I was like that for a long time, 
And I think whatever you want to call that, just like, you know, as we like to say, a lot of times, you know, your grandparents are, are, are wise, right? They have a lot of wisdom because they've experienced a lot of things. And I don't, and I'm not old, but I'm, I, I'm, I'm older in the jujitsu realm, right? So I've, I've been through that realm and I've seen kind of the downfalls of that realm. But then I've also been on the other side where I didn't have some kind of almost value, I guess, if you want to say that, where I was just trying to convince everyone to do jujitsu, no matter what it was for them. Because ultimately, if that guy would have told me, well, yeah, okay, I, I hear that, but like, I want to compete in MMA or, you know, I really want to compete in no gi jitsu, then I would have probably been like, okay, then yeah, you probably do need to find a school that offers more no gi classes on a consistent basis. So that way you can, you know, get what you're looking for. Like, that's what I would have done. I would have encouraged him. I would have still said, hey, we are offered. If you guys are really enjoying this podcast, I'd greatly appreciate it if you left me some reviews, maybe some five stars, whether you're listening to this on Audible, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you guys leave this five stars, leave some nice words. Also share it with a friend. You know, I don't charge anything for these podcasts and my goal is just to grow it and help the jiu-jitsu community. So thank you guys for supporting and I'll see you guys later. 10 days for you to check it out to make sure you like it because who knows, maybe him coming to class would have changed his mind or convinced him or whatever, right? Changed his thought process. And so it's not really... uh, selling, I guess sales has a very negative term, but it was truly me kind of helping somebody. And that's always my goal in jiu-jitsu. Like I want to help students. The whole reason why I do jiu-jitsu and the whole reason why I even became an instructor was to help students. So if I can give some information to a student who has never kind of thought about it that before or hasn't talked to anybody, like, like this guy said, he had just read some articles online. He actually had never actually even talked to anybody. Um, that was very, uh, interesting, to see kind of happen and to see that mindset shift uh, change or his perspective or viewpoint kind of slightly change a little bit. And there was a lot of people that um, in my comments and stuff, um, you know, agreed with that. They said they'd never thought about that point from the idea of uh, the self-defense perspective, right? And we'll go to that here in just a second too. Um, But this is just kind of an idea of you guys, if you're really wanting to uh, be a part of jujitsu, right? I, I always tell people this, that people are like, man, Jiu-jitsu has done so much for me. It's it's helped me relieve stress. It's helped me relieve anxiety. It's helped me um, have a better relationship with my family because I've learned to control my emotions better, right? It can also be negative in a lot of ways too, but I like to tend to focus more on the positive side of things. Um, but, you know, it's helped me accomplish all these things. I want to I wanna know how to give back. And I think a lot of people who resonate with jiu-jitsu in that way, a lot of people who resonate in jujitsu like it's done something for them emotionally like that um that money almost you know can't necessarily buy that kind of feeling they want to give back to jujitsu right they want to be able to be like oh man i want it to grow right and that is one of the best ways to do that in jujitsu to be like an ambassador and to uh help people uh, get into jujitsu whether it's at your school or like another school right and so I, I ask you guys, whenever you're explaining jiu-jitsu to people or you're trying to um, help them make a decision and and like even if they're wanting to go to a school that's not your school, you know, don't badmouth it unless you specifically know something that happened there. Like, you know, if you know that the instructor like, you know, hits on all the women or like does some weird things or, or whatever, like give them that information, but then let them make the decision for themselves, right? So just be careful about like, you know, ramming 
the philosophy about down people's throats about too many things because then what it does is it it it, it, it um in my opinion it invites those other people who kind of think that way into the gym and then whenever cultures start to clash or opinions start to change it creates like giant blow-ups inside of the school and that's a whole separate thing that's a whole thing about if you're a jiu-jitsu uh, academy owner that we can talk about a whole other day but yeah i just ask you guys whenever you're thinking about uh telling people about jiu-jitsu you know think about it from a helping standpoint like help them make a decision help them find the school that's best for them help them from that way and i think that goes a long way and i think that's one of the most powerful things you guys can do for jiu-jitsu because the more that people train just the better it is overall right and so a little bit of that point of that self-defense uh, perspective you know some of you guys might disagree with that idea which is totally cool um me personally you know i think that that learning how to deal with somebody who grabs you and pulls you down and even learning how to control them with basic lapel grips and basic uh, grips i think has a lot of value now you could say outside of knowing basic jujitsu of like an x choke a grip break and you could probably boil it down to 10 to 20 techniques there may not be much value after that. And that's that's fair enough, right? You, we, we can make that debate and argument. But regardless, would you rather know it and never need it than, you know, not know it and actually need it, right? And I think that's always where my brain tends to go to. So if someone's going to try to convince me that you don't need to know gi for jujitsu, I would, I would still always go, or for self-defense per se, I would still go to that part. I would still be like, well... Yeah, but I'd rather know what to do just in case someone did grab me in the wintertime and I would like to be proficient at it and actually have a little bit of an idea. Now, do I need to go win IBJJF with my knowledge of the gi to be self-defense proficient? Absolutely not. I'm not saying that. But I think that's where we tend to go to is like people will see gi matches because that's the most uh, gi information out there and they'll make an opinion based upon that and they'll see these two guys rolling around and they'll be like oh wow those guys are rolling around in a gi i don't know how that would ever help me for self-defense once again that was i think where this guy was coming from he had not probably talked to somebody that could bridge that gap for him in that way right but i could say the same thing about mma right if if i was to be on the side of that no gi is not effective for self-defense well if we use mma for the argument well I could say, well, yeah, but those guys are having gloves. You know, they're walking around in T-shirts and board shorts. Like, no gi is not effective. Like, I could use that same argument to somehow justify how no gi was not effective either. And that's not that's not valid, right? That's not, we all know, that's, that's definitely not valid. So it's the idea of kind of being in the middle and understanding the goods and bads of both, where they're deficient and where they're not. I think where jiu-jitsu students kind of get hung up right now, in my personal opinion, or even in this kind of marketing campaign of jiu-jitsu is like if you train at a school that has like a world-class competitor, what happens is that they they advertise their accolades of them being a world-class competitor. And I'm not saying they shouldn't, but then like for example, if it was this guy and he saw that marketing campaign about how this guy won worlds and all of this stuff in the gi – then he might make the assumption that he can't do self-defense there when that's not true at all. That instructor, your instructor who wins pans and everything or worlds in the gi might know all the self-defense things to do in the gi. Like just because he wins pans doesn't mean he doesn't have that knowledge either. He just has extensive knowledge and other things as well and competes, right? 
So, but what's interesting is that this marketing or this message or this kind of way that we communicate, like, uh, my brand or my opening is, is, is very interesting to me. Um, I find that very, very fascinating to me. And so I've always found that kind of contradictory that, you know, most people come in, in my opinion, for self-defense and fitness, I think more are coming in for sportive aspect. Cause I think that's growing, which, which is cool. I'm not saying it's not cool, but I, I could see somebody who like makes a decision to actually not train jujitsu because of the sportive aspect or because they see it's too MMA heavy or because they see, right, this other thing. And someone may not come to a school because they want to compete and they see that one school doesn't do a lot of competition or doesn't see anything on the website about it. But when in reality, that school does compete, they just don't have anything out there for it. So I find that super fascinating, right? And um, so, yeah, just kind of think about that whenever you guys are talking and uh, and training and and, and kind of talking to students about potential areas of where they want to train or, or if you're trying to help somebody make a decision. So anyway, that's my kind of rant for this episode here. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. I just thought it was a good story. It was a good kind of um, thought, ADD thought that I had that I thought I would share with you guys. Um, these are conversations I never got to have with anybody. No one ever had these conversations with me um, through my jiu-jitsu career. I never got to bounce ideas off of. So if you guys have any requests or any uh, comments, please let me know down in the um, uh, I think if this is on podcast or if it's on Spotify, if you're listening on Spotify, you can leave me a comment uh, down below. Um, and then if you're you know, listening to this on another platform, you know, you can find links to like all my social media. If you guys want to shoot me a DM or something, um, you know, that's a good way to get a hold of me as well, too. So with that, congratulations. Have a good week. Good luck. And I'll see you guys in the next one. Thank you guys again for supporting the podcast. In case you guys didn't know, I'm really trying to work on growing my social media presence, either on Instagram and on Twitter. So make sure you guys give me a follow over there of at Jason Hill is both handles. It's also in the show description. It's a quick way to link over. This is the best way to also ask me about questions or topics you would like future podcasts on. Also, if you haven't already, make sure you check out the YouTube channel. It has a lot of these topics just in video format. It's just another medium for you guys to check it out. And so that is a good way to also get some jujitsu help. So thank you guys again, and I'll see you guys later.